This is Marilyn Fontaine. And today, this is a special one. Okay, it's season two, episode five. Um, we're ready in the fifth episode of the second season. But anyway, this is a special one because I have the first of my many women goddess guests for International Women's uh, Month. It's not a day, we get a month, in fact, we get a whole century. But I've got a special guest here, and um, Chia Phoenix, um, what can I say? I'm going to let her in introduce herself, but I see her as a facilitator, a poet, an actress, a scriptwriter, a space holder, um, so many different things, that this, this different hats and skills that this woman has. But I'm going to get her to introduce herself to you. So can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Marilyn. Thank you very much for the introduction. Um, I will. I describe myself as a creative activist slash spiritual mentor. Mm -hmm. And I use just the word creative to encompass all the things that you said, which is the, all the artistic sides of what I'm doing. And then the activist is because I feel like I do everything with some form of purpose. There has to be, I have to be saying something in my creativity or something in my work. And then obviously this spiritual mentor is, you know, just the work that I do in motivating other, other people, other, well, motivating young people, motivating adults, motivating the community around me to know themselves better. But I've done that through my work in working with, you know, young offenders, working with, yeah vulnerable adults in the performing arts field so it was just a way to marry it all together and make it easier really <laughs> so that no one questioned me anymore as well what do you do and I mean listing off all this stuff <laughs> yeah so obviously um I wanted you to come and talk because what we're going to look at we're going to look at um the role of the shadow and trauma and especially as um women that work for ourselves um, even if we are doing something, maybe doing a, a, another job, but our predominant, our predominant focus is working for ourselves. And what comes up with that, and especially when you're enjoying your work, is the trauma aspects and also what may prevent us from getting to where we need to get to. And that's why I wanted to have you on because you do a lot of work around this. Um, so I want you to just explain to me um, what shadow work is and how you work around it. Um, and then I'll obviously ask you some more questions afterwards. Um, okay. And just in relation to just what you said in the question, I'll also try and explain a little bit about how I came to this mm -hmm. place via my shadow coming up and me at work as well at the same time. Um, so shadow work for me, I call it integrating the good the bad the ugly and the magnificent that's that that's that's my sentence that I came up with if I could use this sentence and that would be you know in the shadow aspects of yourself is obviously good and magnificent things things about yourself that you haven't discovered yet things about yourself that you're afraid to shine with um those hidden hopes those you know secret desires those I'd say those are the good and the magnificent and then obviously the bad and the ugly would be things like the trauma, you know, the darker side of who you are that maybe you don't have good control over um, and all those bits. And, you know, I believe that shadow work is really, well, I feel like it's the number one thing, to be honest, in regards to healing, because you have to get to grips with those sides of yourself first. Right. Um, otherwise you get addicted to it's going to be nice and we are all one and this is a love and I just need to cut off these people because, you know, they are not on my vibe and all of this sorts of stuff and whatever. And then you're left stuck with yourself anyway and you're still revolve in the same loop yeah. of what you, you know what I mean? And then you've still got to face the decisions that you're making for yourself. You've still got to get to a place where you are tired of yourself in some way, shape or form. Like you're tired of hearing the stories. You're tired of um, being in the position that you're in and you're only left with yourself. So you need to dig in. You need to go in and be like, why am I actually here? And differentiate the things that happened to you when you was a child and was out of your control 
And then what is within your control now that you're a grown adult and you have to think about it consciously, because if you don't think about it consciously, your inner child will lead. Yes. Everything that's happening, you know, now, which, which happens and it happens to all of us. So for myself, you know, I, I guess working with young people, whatever, I kind of fell into it, but Mm -hmm. I, I would say just to keep my answers short that I just had a lot of trauma. It was like wearing a coat. Like I felt it every single day. When I look back at pictures or footage, I look at it and think, wow, I look like I was really happy and whatever, but how I felt inside or what was at the forefront of my consciousness yes. was all my trauma and all this pain. And I just felt like I walked around with a broken heart all the time. And it would make me, yeah, sometimes I was short tempered. I didn't understand my ADD. I didn't know that I had that. I didn't know, um, who I could be I didn't know my light um but then at the same time I was still always shining yes and it used to confuse me and I think it used to confuse other people because I looked absolutely fine but I struggled to emote emotionally like I felt all this stuff but I used to just feel that no one was listening to me no one could hear me like I I didn't have a voice and then once I started to connect like with a spirit have a get a spiritual mentor you know I went for a reading and it was like a soul reader it was different she was mm -hmm. telling me a little bit about why my soul was here and what I've come to do and why I might be experiencing some of the things I was like wow right. that makes sense I was like I don't care what anyone tells me that explanation that I was given at that particular time that made sense and that gave me a path to start digging up and that made me feel better because I was like that's what I've been looking for answers if it, you know this answers helps to free free stuff free yeah. stuff up within me and so since then I've just dug dug through dug through dug through but found versions of myself obviously in all these young people yeah. that I was working with and seeing every single side of myself come up wrote and directed my play the 40 elephants which was about girls in gangs, but it was about seven particular girls with an insight in my mind of adding bits of, you know, how we was at school. And then not until the end of the whole chapter, me realizing I'm all of those seven 40 elephants. Like those were actually all versions You're of myself. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even know that at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought they were archetypes of other people I'd been around, but when I looked at the journeys of the characters, black, white, or Asian, I literally was like, I've been all of them um you know working with the young boys in the prisons that i at the time I had a bit of an estranged relationship with my dad but I do remember having a conversation with him and him telling me that he had been going into prisons in St Kitts and playing his guitar and doing a bit of ministering for uh the prisoners and I was just like dad I've been going into the prisons and I've been working with the youth and we had this common ground and I was like wow like my dad just does that as a volunteer. Like, what is what what could this possibly mean? And what is my bigger purpose in yes. me having a dad like that? We're estranged, but he's still one of the closest people to me. And then me working with all of these youth that no one can see. Like, why do I have these keys? And so every step of the way, really, Marilyn, I think that I just explored the shadow from the beginning. It, the shadow excited me more than the light. That's really because, okay, because there was answers there. There was answers. And I think that's really important that, you know, even as a coach, that I've always worked with bringing, you know, that's that's my human design. That's what I've come here for. I've got, you know, that south node in Scorpio, which means the past is always about the occult, the hidden, you know. And so I've come with that in, in, in this life. But I feel like when I've worked with clients, that has been the transformation is when we've actually pulled what is hidden. And it's and for me, my work is always about pulling what is hidden, what the soul wants to say, not what the personality is showing me, is what the soul wants to say. And I find that when we when we do that, we extract extract that, it really that's when a transformation is really so powerful. But the mm. problem is, and this is what I'm finding, especially now that I've pivoted my business for like, it's creativity, but it's still personal, but it's about let's get the business moving. What I'm finding is, is when it's a personal problem, people can talk about that, right? To a degree. So when I was doing general life coaching, it was fine. 
But the minute you start telling people to show up, a lot of people I work with are black women. So a lot of black women, it's okay to show up if we're out dancing and we're raving or we're out somewhere. But when you say to them, show up with your purpose, the, 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 the trauma response that comes up where people are like, I don't know if I can do it. It's not working. I can't get my clients. I'm not getting my sales. And people are waiting. But I'm getting a lot of, and we break through, obviously. But I want to speak to that part of you. You know, why, it, why do you think that is? Well, actually, something comes to mind from a conversation that I had um, with a creative, a young black creative that I work with called Daniel. And he's someone that he was a young person, but he's also like 30 now. But I met him at 14. But right. he's been telling me a little bit about the journey with his therapist. And he, he's been he's had this black therapist, this black woman, but he's really been enjoying it. And he was just like, you know, I just love speaking to her because whenever I speak to her about work or my creativity or what's happening there, she often will say to him, yeah, that's a colonial res trauma response. Yeah, that's a colonial trauma response. And as I was just listening to you just now mm. and thinking about why don't people show up with their business, yeah. the business that they say that they want to do, the business that they tell you that they're doing, the business that they tell you they're studying in, the business that whatever, and an opportunity steps up. Why don't they follow through? And that could possibly be a colonial trauma response because, and the reason why I'll say that is because I've said to people, but don't you do this at work? Don't When you've got to organize a meeting or meet with this person or organize this or send an email, don't you do that all day at work where you're going in? So why can you not apply the same level of frequency and professionalism and purpose when you just told me this is what you want to do? You just cried. You just cried and told me that you really want to make this work with your Reiki or whatever it is. Well, I've shown up now with an opportunity. The universe just came forward with this thing. But it's because people are not really preparing to be ready. They like the sound of what it looks like. Remember, people compare themselves a lot in yeah. their mind. They may never admit it, but they blatantly do look on Instagram and look at mm -hmm. people's pages and their branding and all of these bits and bobs. And they're following a formula rather than following what are you being guided to do? Yeah. And as you know, Marilyn, mm -hmm. how many people do we speak to? They know what they've got to do. They know what they've got to do and they will sit there and talk with you and tell you, yeah, I know because I've got to call that person because this would be really good for me to do this. Do, da, 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 da. And you, it's all positive. And then you speak to them a month later and you're like, so what did you do? Mm. Then there's all these excuses of the reasons of what, why they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And that, at that point, it's just like you're not ready then. And it's not being a horrible thing to say to somebody but you have to be ready and you've got to be you know on this journey you've got to take accountability for what you're saying because I don't like to show up mm. I've had some clients and I've been like it's not working mm -hmm. because I feel like what I've what I'm being guided to do is not affect it's not affected you know what you're doing and what you want to do in your path because you just enjoy talking to me whereas I'm about the work I don't want you to be attached to me for the rest of your life that's, that's that's not what I'm trying to do I'm just trying to pass on information and you paid and you you know you've got to have the commitment to be able to show up for what you want to do but I guess when you talk about it being like also a trauma response you know mm. people don't know where they get their validation from yeah. they don't know how to feel encouraged um they want things over needing them like so not knowing why you need to do certain things yeah. and not knowing the difference in why they feel a resistance because they might be scared because they might be insecure you're like you I think you've got to break down all the layers and, yeah. within a person and they need to understand mentally spiritually emotionally physically what is stopping me mm. from doing this and then they may get the answer but if you're not going to prepare to investigate you're just going to feel the feeling then I think that, yeah, that's a, just a trauma response. And that, like I said, the colonial one is like that because when they're at work, they just move. It's the same with people with relationships. You yeah. want a relationship with this person, but you haven't got the time. How many people say, oh, I haven't got the time. Or, da, da, da. But you yeah. put in all this effort into the relationships at work with the people around you and you make the time and you have the lunch meetings and you do the extra mm -hmm. things and you stay behind at work and all that sort of stuff. But you say that you care, you want this type of love here but you can't find the time 
to do that. It reminds me of Insecure. Remember the girl at Insecure when she didn't have, I don't know if you've seen Insecure when Issa Rae's production and she didn't have time to have a relationship. And in the end, she ended up getting married. Oops, spoiler alert. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> but um, but it's, I think everybody knows now, but I feel like that is really valid what you're saying. Because I, I didn't mention that to people. Why, why make, you know, I asked that on my challenge. How many of you made millions for companies? Put your hand up. And how much have you made for yourself? And this is a problem with a lot of women that, they, you know, they're earning very good money, five figures, six figures at work. When it comes to them putting their stuff out, that same trauma response, colonial response, where they freeze, fawn, and they, they have a memory of not showing up. If you show up, you're going to be seen. And I think what we tend to do, I actually do feel that, and people of colour, we, we, we are born into the drama triangle because of the post-traumatic slavery syndrome. And I also feel that is for a lot of other immigrants, you know, especially if you come from a persecuted background, you are born on the drama triangle because by definition, by your skin colour, your genetics, your ancestors, you have been a victim of something. Yeah. And so you're going to react to that. So all your, so it's constantly a deconditioning. Yeah. But yeah. How can we normalize shadow work? Because I do feel that's a way through with a lot of, I mean, I do it with my clients, but how can we normalize it? So people that are listening to this podcast, that haven't done yours or my work. How can we kind of normalize? What would you suggest to people to start? Well, I think that, you know, really, to put it as simply as I can is accept that it's there like first of all you have to accept that that side is there and there's nothing to be a fear fearful of and you have to just know and accept that there's just gonna all you're doing is shining light yeah on a on a like okay it, if I put it in this analogy this metaphor imagine you have a cupboard in your house right yeah. and in that cupboard you move into your house and there's nothing in the cupboard and then you put something in the cupboard and then you store a next thing in the cupboard and you store a next thing in the cupboard and the cupboard just keeps on getting stored up and you don't until it gets to the point where it's just a mess in there you don't really want to look in the cupboard so you don't go and look in the cupboard you just you just you just close it in there yeah and then one day you're going to open your you feel all filled up emotionally and everything comes spilling out yeah everything comes spilling out and you've got, you either shove everything back in the cupboard mm-hmm. and leave the mess in there, or yeah. you get a torch and you say, what's in this cupboard? Let me go through this cupboard and let me see what's in there. What am I keeping and what am I taking away? And you have to just know that you're making space within yourself. But I think more than anything, it's accepting it. I think the idea of love and light, which was, you know, the, 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 the slogan of 2017 to 2019 was love and light, love and light. And, and before, before that, yeah, it made people, which is beautiful. It is beautiful. Mm. The energy of that is beautiful, but it made people just be like, I just want to be that. And I can just be a version of myself. I can just reinvent myself to be amazing. And I can just cut off and run away and get away from all of my old life and never look at it again because I'm this person now. I meditate and I do yoga and I do workshops and I go on retreats and I'm calm now. And my my Insta page is all wonderful quotes Mm. um, that I've seen on other people's pages. And this is what I want to present. And then you've got people that have known you for 20 years, like, on ground level just saying oh she's just such a cow look at her like that's not who she is she beat me up in year three like she she's rude like she took so-and-so's man you know a couple years ago about she's putting herself like we have to be realistic to how you've lived your life but can't those people people who beat people up and stole people's man couldn't they have gone to couldn't they have transformed yeah they could have but the point is do you kind of know when somebody's just reinventing a version of themselves as opposed to working through and yes because you why do we have to change one thing that I've realized is yeah I used to feel so much was wrong with me Mm. based on other people's perceptions and all the things that I think my peer group may have made me at different times not not on purpose not intentionally I'm just talking Mm. about the environment that one yeah that was said or how I needed to fit in 
those became my strengths. Yeah. So people telling me to shut up and be quiet while I was, you know, stifling my voice because I need to begin. People was telling me that I was articulate. So as a shadow aspect, I had to face my voice because I was just like, listen, this is moving me in a particular direction. And spirit is telling me I have to keep talking. I know I'm loud. I know I get passionate. I know I get excited, which is which is a shadow aspect to other people, because I could see when people used to get overwhelmed. However, I've integrated that and I've loved it and I've enjoyed it. So the energy that comes out, I think now when I'm talking to people is not as hard and aggressive as it was um, previously um, when I might have had a lot more trauma or upset and anger within me. So it, it would have made that what I was saying, you know, shoot it out a little bit more. Sorry, Marida, I kept on going, oh, that looks good. I, I kept on talking, but Nothing. basically just, just to repeat what I was saying, I was just saying that because I've integrated that part of myself mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing it as a negative part. And it's just, it's just how I am. I just have a lot of energy and I don't have to see it as negative within my own mind. Yeah. It's changed how other people received that energy because I like it. And because I'm not filled with that trauma and that shadow darker side of myself in the way that I was before, it doesn't hit people with that energy. It hits people with the light. That is so important what you're saying, because I think, and I wrote about shame the other day. And, yeah, and I feel I, like, when we shame each other, like I have to be shamed about my teeth and my mouth. And I remember saying to my coach last year, when she was saying about me showing up more, and I said, um, I stopped doing videos because my teeth is all wrong. But what I remembered, it was an, it was an ex-partner. And I don't take, I, I thank him for that. But I remember him saying, oh, such and such said, you don't articulate yourself properly. So his friend, he was saying, his friend was saying, who was doing interviews with people that I don't articulate myself. And it yeah. really took, I really took it on. Yeah. And so much later, I said to my coach, oh, I'm not going to do any more videos. Um, this is long after. I'm not doing any videos because my teeth and blah, blah, blah. She said, why not? And it's really weird because after that, I just got over that. I got over that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just showing up. Because again, it was that whole thing of, um, how my teeth ain't straight, this isn't perfect, that's not perfect. And for me, sorry, I've got to move this thing because my cat's trying on the hunt. And for me, it was um, about wanting to be perfect. And then I just thought, I'm just going to show up as I am. And so yeah. after that, somebody turned around and said to me about a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago, I love your smile. It just brings so much warmth to me. Yeah, but, yeah. But I'd long forgotten about me not being perfect but mm. what I think what happened with me at the time is that like you said certain things peer groups say to you can really impact you and we have to hold our hands up as well because certain things that we may have said, we're not being perfect yeah we're not being perfect but it does impact you and so what we want to do is trying to always correct that mm. past trauma or difficulty so we're always bringing people that are going to reflect that so we're yeah. going to bring people until we heal it. So like the ex that was saying, you know, about everything I did wasn't right. It reflected something that was happening for me in childhood. Nothing was right. However, I needed to integrate that because I was still putting that pressure on me about mm-hmm. not being right. So when I see clients that will say, okay, they have to have a perfect Canva post or they have to have perfect posts. I'm like, just show up as yourself. Just show up as yourself, but don't, you know, don't make it so crowded that you put so much information because that can be hiding as well. You know, well, <laughs> you, you if, if there's anything I know, I'm like the I must have been been seen as the most over a period of time as the most rebellious spiritual person out there because the amount of people that used to comment on my page, the amount of people not on the page, but just yeah. in they thought they was advising me. You know, you should do this. You should really brand it like this. You know, you should post on these days. You know, you made a spelling mistake today. You know, oh, oh you know, you shouldn't have posted that because you looked really sad. It's not good. I don't think you should. Do. Are you okay? And I used to say to people, my page is an expression of myself. Can, can you handle that? Can you can you absorb 
that I've just used it, the page, as a way of connecting and expressing and shining my light. Yeah. And that because of the work that I do, I didn't need, to, it's not for business in that, yes. in that yes. format. Yeah. And also people just expecting that because I've taken this spiritual path. It's just all kumbaya, but you know me, like there has to be a bit of savage. Like if I'm, if I've seen something and I want to cuss it, like I love the human aspect of life. I find humans extremely interesting. All of our intricacies I love. So I like to dance and play. I find myself really funny. I actually Mm -hmm. think I'm really funny, Marilyn. I, the stuff that I do, I'm entertaining myself. I watch back and I think, oh my God, because I remember the times when I was full of the trauma or I was stiffer or I couldn't just be free or I was thinking so much. Whereas now I'm just like, it's just me. It's just all facets of what goes on in my brain. But it's hard for people to find out who they are authentic, authentic, authentically because they don't realize how much they're feeding their subconscious with what they are seeing. Yes, They can't is. split it from, well, this is just me, you know, and you, you know, you either take it or you leave it. They, there's always one person, Marilyn. Remember, in our lives, there could always be one person lurking. Just You yeah. may not have seen them for 10 years, but in your subconscious, you think that when you put your stuff out or you oh tell your story God. on this or you tell a post on that, you think that what happens if that one person appears and you're just like, I don't want to deal with it. And that's you literally why sometimes people won't follow through with certain stuff because of that one person that you've got nothing person. to do with it. And you know what? That's a mirror. And that is so poignant what you've just said, because that is our archetype. The, 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 uh, what is it? Our taskmaster, our inner parent, our, our inner critic. But it's not just an inner critic. It's also the taskmaster. And it is. We, we focus on one person that they're going to change. They're going to change the trajectory of our life and our career because we posted something. And I noticed and it's really funny because it'll even happen with me and a lot of times I'm like, oh, fuck it, you know, but there is a time with that person. And I do think, Marilyn, who is that person? What is that person really going to do? So you are not doing this thing because of this person. Actually, the person is above your eyebrows in your <laughs> head. You, you understand? Because people will say things because they can, I notice as well. And this is a, this is a very clear message for everybody to look at. I don't mind if somebody shows their body or shows themselves dancing and expressing themselves. It doesn't bother me at all. Some people, I can feel the awkwardness that they're not 100% oh, yes. comfortable. Oh, yes. So oh, that's yes. when I feel the awkwardness, 100%. right? But when someone's unapologetic and they're moving, celebrate that. I actually do feel uncomfortable when people actually, when they see someone expressing themselves in a sensual way, that they slut shame or they try to judge and say, why are they showing their body? Because what are they doing? For me, it's none of your business because they're not after your partner. They're not after you. You know, this is your perception. And it really reminds me of the witch hunt. You know, like, let's witch hunt somebody because they're expressing themselves. And I think we do it because it's it's come down from slavery or the women having to protect the daughters where we say don't show too much because you're going to get yourself threatened. So when we see someone showing up and being powerful, we love it, but we also feel very uncomfortable because we start comparing and we want to shine that, turn that person's light down. And I see it with groups of women. I see it with groups of women who don't own their sexuality, that they won't, they they will be there together and they will be like, you know, and white supremacy, I'm not talking about whiteness, I'm talking about white, toxic male supremacy has created that as well, where, where we kind of beat each other up. Men will just be men, men will just throw, show their feathers, slap their backs yeah. and everything. But with yeah. women, I think we're taught because it's a trauma response, it's a gender trauma response. And I feel that we have to start really questioning ourselves when we see those things that we want to judge somebody on the gram or on Facebook or wherever. And we just need to ask that question. What is it if in this person that really makes it feel uncomfortable? Well, 
listen, I understand this all too well because I can't tell you. People used to just say to my face, oh, you're a bit much or you're too much or, you know, just throw away comments. Well, you know, you're a big head anyway because you get up, you, you, you was on the Instagram the other day or, you know, you love attention, don't you? Or whatever. I've had it all. And I say to people, it's none of those things. I have been an, in the arts. Yeah, I yeah. know how to get up and surpass nerves. Like I'm way past that stage. So I just know how to talk and walk and whatever it is. And all of those things in the arts gives you confidence to present yourself and say, hello, how are you? My name is ABCD or talk about whatever it is. So there's that aspect of it. And then the other side of it is this is just what my what is. I don't really know how to do anything quietly, <laughs> quietly anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that women, again, find it hard to just be unique, just be yourself. You, mm-hmm. you know, it has to look and be and sound according to what it is that they think is being attractive. And I think you were right. You hit the nail on the head earlier when you said you can see people's awkwardness because that's what that's where it gets uncomfortable when you can see someone's doing or showing or sharing or showing up because they feel this is what they need to do to be a divine feminine. And it, you could you can always see the difference. But the other side of it is, is that, you know, sometimes people would tell you, like you said, to, to, to pipe down because they're feeling small inside themselves. Yeah, and yeah, they want cool. to shine brighter. So they're more judgmental of other people because they're in judgment actually of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise they would know how great it was up there. But then also the other thing is when we watch people and we watch, we see their journey, are you really understanding that you don't know what it's taken someone to get to that point to do that? I was that? just thinking about you that. Don't about, know that could yeah. be a massive big thing for someone mm. to be feeling free and great in their mind, body and spirit and want to share that when they know that they used to be like a mute. Or they didn't have agency over their body. You know, I've been talking to a lot of, you know, people that have been um you know like um sex workers are being like kidnapped to be a sex worker and how they never had agency over their bodies so even the awkwardness being able to express themselves is so much so important because it's about the agency or someone has been in a very controlling relationship or some sort of abuse where they just this is everything is taken from them so this is their reclamation of their their body and yeah. um, and I really feel like you said you don't know what somebody is even awkward person people you don't know their journey to get there and this is really important because I'm I'm experiencing this when I'm speaking to a lot of women how their agency was taken away from them mm-hmm. and how many of them do need to dance how many of them do need to celebrate their body um so they can be prosperous. The more you move your body, the more you're comfortable um, in your body. And the more you're unapologetic is the more you bring abundance to you. I really believe that. And I, I you know, and coming from a, being in a toxic relationship and having to readjust my physical body because it was rigid all the time because I always had to be worried about, you know, um, doing the right thing and being perfect the looseness that one feels can take a while. And yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel that it's so important, but it's important that you're amongst the right people and being amongst the peers. And I want to ask you a question. We're going to finish shortly, but I'm going to ask you uh, three more questions. Um, you did, you was part of my membership during lockdown mm-hmm. last year, Creative Healing Membership. Um, what did that do for you? I mean, obviously you could talk about the the other membership that you was part of as well. But with my membership, being in that group of women, what, what did it do for you? Well, for me personally, like at that time, obviously we'd come through, we'd, we'd, we'd had, you know, like the, the long lockdown, the pandemic, mm. and I was, I was feeling okay in myself, but so much in my life had changed. And I was feeling quite isolated and lonely in you know, in the room and whatever it is that I was in and, you know, what I was doing, I wanted to just get to another level. Like I knew that I, I knew what I knew and I knew <laughs> um, my powers and my energy, but it had been so long that I'd been a part of a community and 
I've known that it's a good thing to always go back to be a student, regardless of what it is that you know on different aspects. And and also me understanding I wanted a, a mother energy again. Like I wanted to be in a space with a mother energy. I wanted, I'm, a, I'm good at working with anybody that's older than me because I just go into child mode with the information. Like for me, this is a win-win. I don't have to think. Like I'm, I can just sit like I'm in a lesson in school and learn the things that I want to learn, not what I was forced to learn. And it, because it's not in a super academic way, it's a way that was digestible for myself. So that's why I joined. And I, I was like, I know Marilyn and this, that and the other. And I was OK to show up for myself. And that's why that and the club came up at exactly the same time. And I was like, that's it. I, I need a support group for myself and to see where I can go. So that's why I joined. And um, for me, the structure helped me because mm. I was in this transitioning time. and. You made me think about things that I don't want to think about. When we had to, I hated, like, when you was doing the finance ones, I was just, like, you could feel all the lack mentality coming up. And, you, you know, you I thought I'd made such a headway, but it was obvious. You, do you know what I mean? And then manifesting or, and, I, and it was hard because of, like, how I am with ADD. I actually manifest a lot or by just being still and being in my own world. And then I work things out in that way. So it's harder for me to plan something out. Like you told me to do a mood board. Like I'll do three things on the mood board and already I'm bored. Like, and my spirit's like, I've done it. And then you'll ask or everyone was in the group, but I know what type of learner I am. So I know I can start something and simulate it and still be able to articulate in my mind and spirit what I'm drawing in from that. So it, yeah. I don't have to do it like exactly how you might have said or not. Yeah. So that's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed connecting with the other women. I was aware as well, you know, at different stages that I was like, okay, I don't think everybody is quite has done as much maybe as what I've done. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was hesitant. When should I be a trigger? Yeah. When, 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 when should I take it deeper um, without, you know, overstepping my mark mm -hmm. with, you know, what I mean, with that is your circle. Like yeah. I was like, because some for times I wanted to say things and be like, what are you talking about? Because, also with doing the coven yeah. because you know yeah. just american canadians i remember the first opening ceremony and they went deep and i was literally yeah. like in my house i was like i need to sit up because <laughs> these lot are not starting little little they are they're doing an opening poem on witches and brews and this is who you are <laughs> my black sister and you know what i mean yeah. so i was literally like it would be so great as well if Mm. British black women or women that yeah. black women that live here could just feel that depth, that depth of mm -hmm. expression and truth rather than feeling like I can't trust these women, I can't trust these women, I can't yeah. trust these women. So it was nice to journey through, start to see people trusting, start to see people um, showing up and needing that space, especially as support. Yeah. Because I think that more than anything, you know, the world was in a crazy place, man. It was. It was. I mean, it was, wasn't it? I mean, we were, we were just in our, our spaces, and we didn't know what was going on, but we knew that the space was created, you know. And and it was. I I decided to do that at that time. That circles for Black women because after Black Lives Matter, and I was having some coaching clients, and they were just. And I just thought I want to create this space for. Yeah. And I remember asking a couple of a couple of clients, "Do you want me to make this in, inclusive?" And they said, "We just want a space for black women." And I think the world understood that anyway. But I just wanted to ask you because it was I thought that group ended, but it was just I think it's really important that spaces. If you haven't got the the network, that these spaces are seek out these spaces. So. I want to ask you um, before we finish the second, the second to penultimate question is your work with men. Like you do a lot of stuff with Freddy Krueger. Yes, um, not Freddy, Freddy and Walker. He's not allowed to use Krueger. Okay. And come and turn up like some man on Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Sorry, just because of the power of names for ages yes, ago, I think exactly. need to drop this. Okay. <laughs> so you did stuff with him, but also you've done his Vulnerable When. Could you just explain about what that was? Yeah, so He's Vulnerable When was a project. I guess, well, basically what happened is I watched this documentary on Netflix called She's Beautiful When She's Angry. And it inspired me to want to create a little event that was, you know, 
She's beautiful when she's upset. She's beautiful when she's dancing. She's beautiful when she's singing. She's beautiful when she's swearing at you. Like I wanted to explore the different ways that women could be beautiful because the documentary was all about the feminist movement and it showed it from white women, black women, Asian women's perspective about protests and stuff like that. So I created this event and I used like I about five creative women from all different backgrounds that I knew, but they were creatives. One was a dancer, one was a singer, a poet. And we did this sharing. And then I thought I wanted to do it with men, but I was like, I don't really think I'm, I can process it the same way with men. They're not going to come turn up every week and rehearse something can allow me to do that. So I thought, do you know what? I need to just create something where I can just talk to them and I'll call it, he's beautiful, um, he's vulnerable when, which was a bit like, she's she's beautiful when, if that yeah. makes sense, yeah? yeah? When she's angry, he's vulnerable when he's whatever. Yeah. So I just thought, do you know what? I don't want to talk to them about, their business and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm bored of listening to men talk about what they do and I've I achieved this and I won this yeah. award. It's the boring. I want to know the crocs. So I picked out certain guys to speak to and Freddie was one of them at that time. And I just said to them, I want to do this event. I'm going to do it at this place. Would you be willing to come? You're just going to sit on a panel with me. Um, I need to have one interview with you to talk to you because I also knew I was going to read a bit. So I knew what I want to urge up. And I said to them, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about, but when we get on the stage, I'm just going to go with what, what came up, what, what came up for me when we were talking to read you on, I'm going to ask you about that. So that the conversation is raw yeah. and the audience has to practice active listening. So I did that and all different things like with Freddie, a lot of stuff came up about his childhood. Cause I, I just said to him, what's your obsession with death, man? And all this darkness business and all this horror business. Like, why are you always talking this stuff? And, you know, someone had passed away that we both worked with. And I said to him, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but you were crying on that day when Mm -hmm. stuff happened to Aaron. And you was talking to me on the phone, but why wouldn't you let me come to you? Like, what what, was that about? So that opened up stuff within him. I remember him looking at me on the stage. I remember water coming to his eyes. Like, what are you asking me? But because it was a private conversation between him that other people were viewing, I said to him, you're safe, you're good. Like, it's cool. You know, there was another guy, Mikey Asante, and he is like a music producer for this dance group called Boy Blue. And I've heard of Boy Blue, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've known Mikey for ages, but he had gone to Ghana and come back and had just created this new show, Black, White, Grey, and it was at the Barbican. But I'd heard him talking about something to do with the Nile, the River Nile. So right. I asked him to talk, tell me, what is that about? why was the river nile an inspiration for that creative piece and he was talking about going back there and sitting with his dad and his dad telling him that some of your other family members they come from up the nile and that was when he realized he had a connection to parts of north africa and it made him explore so i wanted to just them to share on a soul level so anyway that was successful and then i created a i could try to continue and create like a bit of a forum once a month like a free I would pay for a space and say guys you know there's three hours come and chat connect like let some stuff off your chest you know some guys had lost children some were looking for stuff spiritually some were doing stuff creative talking about girlfriends and I got my friend Simone we were just there as a to balance like a feminine balance but let them talk yes the current date um I wanted to create you know, in the lockdown, I was inspired to create some guidance card because I started to get male clients. And I was just yeah. like, you know what? All of these cards are really more feminine. Like, why isn't there no cards that is like got men or a divine yeah. masculine card? So when I Googled, I think two came up and they had like very clear white men on them. Yeah. And I was just like, man, we need at least one pack with just to see some nice, good looking black men on it. <laughs> like People just need to see the black man's face. But I want the card to be about healing. And then I realized, oh, but these would be good to use as well. Families could have it in the house. You know, it's something parents could talk to their children about. You can use educationally, but most of all, I can use them. You know, it'll be my product. And then also, Marilyn, to connect back to what you were saying about finances and wealth and business. I wanted to also create a product that, was something that would sell you know that that I would it wasn't my service it was creating something and with that I was like well this is something that I can always like a book I can always be on sale with this and have this you know what I mean so 
I started that and I started the Instagram page and I raised a little bit of money and whatever and it had to go on pause for a little while because I started my job but yes to date you're probably the first person that knows outside of other people I've been given a night like more or less a free night at Rich Mix um, on March May the 28th and I decided that I'm going to create like a 20 minute documentary so that I can talk to all of the guys and have my narrative as to why I've created this because it's more connected as well to my dad like his vulnerability has led me to wanting to look at this journey of black men in healing and I'm going to screen it there and it's going to give me an opportunity to talk about a bit more maybe hopefully get maybe a publisher involved you know build it up a little bit so I'm in the stages of planning that right now and I'm quite I'm very excited and I had a reading with Leanne Mm. She gave me an ether reading. Okay. And it was really good because she's practicing. And she literally lives exactly where my mum grew up in Jamaica, St. Thomas. And all so many ancestors came through when I had the reading with her. And she was making me laugh because she also said it was the first time that ancestors had come to her with accents. Like my family was all packed up in there. Tell her for this, tell her for that. <laughs> you know, I can you explain for the audience what uh, ether reading is quickly? Well, it- I don't know fully, but is ether reading is that like um, ether and, like religion. ancestral readings? And it's is it more from Nigeria? I I believe so in terms of the ether readings. I don't know fully ins and out, but obviously right. I know Leanne and her path. But it was ancestral; it was connecting with the ancestors, okay. and there's a process to it. But basically, my ancestors came through, but they was very specific. They was like, you have to do. He's one of women. Like they were like, you, you, you know, you have to do this. So I was excited and I still am. So I'll keep you posted on that, Marilyn. But 28th of May, event at Rich Mix, screening of this documentary, and I can use it to drive. If you've forward. got well, so I'll put the link in the show notes for the event, if you know, or a link to your page on Instagram so people can come because I think that's brilliant and it's so needed for the main really is needed and we're going to finish but what's next for you where where can people find you where can people find me on instagram dancing most of the time um (laughs) so obviously i do spiritual mentoring i and i you know i do i have one-to-one sessions with people i recently just started the shadow sessions last year i did the chakra series this year i'm doing shadow sessions and they started in january so this this cohort I guess runs January to July and then I'll have a break and then I might do it again but I do change often like I try to just go with what I'm guided and not stay stuck in I have to do this every year because I'm still trying to fulfill all the stuff that I want to do um, I love that you do it every, I love that you do different series every year because it's that's that's another myth that people think have to do the same thing again and again and again no I love that you've you, you're it's almost like you're going to different levels and so yeah, are there our workshops yeah, so it's evolving in the same way I'm evolving because I'm I teach from testimony. I can't I only know how to teach from what it is that I've gone through. I don't try to touch anything else. So mm-hmm. with the mother and the father wound stuff, like I've actually come around full complete with that. So I knew that I was just like, well, like mm. that I need I feel like I'll be start teaching about joy and yes you know, maintaining that joy and staying in the high frequency. I feel like I'll be moving into that phase. The shadow stuff I've been doing for a long time, I just never used to call it. It's because people started to say to me, you're a shadow. They started to say to me, they started adding it to my bios, like Chia Phoenix, the shadow warrior, whatever. And I was like, you're going to make people scared of me. But I was like, let me offer one last round this year. I've done group sessions. I've done individual sessions, but if people want to get a bit deeper, I'm doing that throughout the, the the rest of this year. So I will run it again, probably towards the end of the year, but Perfect. I'm moving into more of a personal fulfillment time. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, my husband comes in soon and that's all great. And maybe I'll then be the guru of how to get your man at well, after you've healed. And, you know, I'm dropping it like it's hot, like I'm 18. Like I want to, Yes. You know, I want to show people the other side of certain sides of this healing yeah. that when it's gone, it's gone, you know. And yeah, and I think what you've got to understand is that a lot of people that do programs and stuff, they do, they go through what they're going through. Even high ticket people, they, they put on what they're going through. Let there not be a myth that, you know, 
it's any different. It's like when I used to teach massage um, at further education college, you could only teach massage if you did a massage course and you worked in industry. Well, they changed it to industry five years. So we had to have done massage and worked on clients. What was the point of somebody who learned massage and was teaching it but never worked with clients? You're not going from experience. You're not going to talk about different types of clients. You're not going to talk about injury. You're not going to talk about all the other stuff. So you do have to go through it. And I feel like what you're saying about the, um, the sessions, I think they're so needed. I know that you did a lot of work with your um, parents, your, you know, re reconciling both of your parents. And this is showing people that some situations family can't be healed, but a lot of them can if we work for our stuff. And it is hard. So I do employ everybody, implore, to get in touch with Chia, to join her sessions. I keep forgetting I'm going to have to join one. Have you got to join all of them or can you, are they drop in sessions? So basically this, it's more like running as like a bit, I guess a bit of a course. So the okay. cohort that I've got now is, is yes, running, but people you can, can always, you can always book in like a one-to-one -one and I can do um, a one-to-one, you know, like a one-to-one -one shadow session or you can have a standard personal reading or Perfect. you might want to say to me, do you know what I mean? I do want to see someone and I go, I'm not part of the shadow sessions. I can, tailor a little something so okay. it's just like a series of readings yes. or stuff for those individuals but also just in terms of my business management I guess just in relation to what you're saying okay. I'm with when because before mm. I had more free time and you're offering that and you know this year's all been about balance so I'm yes. very clear now on these are the weekends that I give readings right. and it's only on those weekends at that, that time so if I'm booked up it would be next month so okay. I know I've got the time for my work and I'm not just, you know, and I've got time to play and I've got time to rest and all these different types of things. Because okay. otherwise you will be only in service and then you will get annoyed that yeah. you're only in service because you're like, well, what, you know, what about me? So, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm just in that phase and I'm just, you know, this year I'm just, I just need to enjoy life. Like I feel like I'm back. And then all that pain, Marilyn, all that pain that I had, oh my God, in my body it's gone like way I just feel like oh my god I'm back like I feel strong in my body again I'm like yes. it feels alive I just felt like half of me was just gone. I don't know I, I think a lot of people had gone for some because of stuff that was building up and then after during the pandemic we was reconciling with our shadow and I feel a lot of people have re I feel like I'm getting back to a new version, a new and improved, but the joy that I used to carry is coming back. And, yeah, and excited. It's excited, excited, yeah. I hated doing, I hate doing admin. I do hate doing admin. I do. I'm just like, I sit at the computer and I told you my ADD just goes, what can we do to distract ourselves now? But today I was like, I'm excited about what I'm doing. Like I finally started to feel like I should celebrate, you know, just being project director and just enjoying it rather than... yeah. You know, you move and you make these things. And I know I could do it. And I could have done this ages ago and stuff like that. But it's about just me being present of what it means for me in terms of right now and enjoying the learning process and not putting myself down in my head, just being like, listen, don't, we're not talking about that narrative. You are the project director. Right. So you know what you've got to do. You take a bit long. You know what I mean? You know that you like, you need to stand on your head for two minutes before you're going to go on the computer and go back or whatever it is that you do. But you're going to you always get it done. You always get it done, Chia. So let's just enjoy ourselves. And also, I think it's really good that you said that about standing on your head because being having ADHD, my niece is right, talks about it a lot. She's doing a lot of speech about that. And a lot of people are, are discovering that they have it is being yourself and normalizing that you have that. And I feel like it's really, I keep saying I feel like today, I'm feeling. Anyway, um, I really feel, feel again, with my heart, that it's okay to also run your business joyfully and work on other projects. But once you, that you've mastered your reading, you've mastered your workshop, so you're not trying to start everything at once. Please note that listeners, but I feel you are, you've got a job where you've been promoted and you can still do your work because you've mastered the art of showing up and giving service. All what people are getting now 
The reason why you can do two is because you passed 10,000 hours. And I think that's really important because some people will hear that and try to do it all at once. It doesn't work like that. No, this has been 20 something years in the making. This has been me being falling into the work with young people and not realizing that was part of my purpose and discovering along the way and this career opening up. Me also choosing through my healing that I have to stay creative because that's what makes me feel good. Yes. Me ignoring and separating my me being able to read people because that used to be something I left outside the door when mm. I go into work. And then it was creeping in with the young people and do I let people know, you know, do I show up like that and whatever it is and then integrating it all and then getting to a place and being like, listen, if you want me to have this job, like the spirited black woman's going to be in the building. So, you know, if you're okay with the spirit black woman, because I need to work intuitively at the same time, yes. then we'll do that. And even like with the readings and stuff, I knew I could do readings from like 10 years ago. Yeah, It's only because my friend pushed me in 2018 and was like, when are you going to do this? And I was like, me? what do you mean but I was told by a reader in 2011 you're gonna do what what is I do and I just thought whatever I'm not even trying to do what you're doing you know what I mean I wasn't I wasn't trying I was trying to be happy at that time Marilyn I was just trying to be yeah. can I just be free from the pain type thing but and also just to add and just to celebrate you know the course doing with you because when we did look at the financial element in the course and we went through that that was when I, I got hungry and I was like, yeah, like when we started looking at the multiple streams of income and you was like this and you helped us to celebrate the different ways. I was, I really was able to be like, well, you know what I mean? Yes. You can kind of do this. You can kind of do that. You can kind of this, but organize it out so that you're getting a balance. Like yes. I'm not rich in by any means, mm. but my flow of income throughout the month is exactly what I like it to be meaning I am not just waiting for this at the end of the month. Exactly. Something is blowing yeah. and dropping in. And I remember, I think I opened probably about another two bank accounts after we did the finance, yes. because I was just like, nah, man, I need to feel that money is moving and rolling. And, you know, I get paid and I just put 200 there and I just forget about that that's there. But I, I know love that it. That's the exactly it. More you know I mean? My client's paying here and this one I can transfer over for things that I want to buy for you know, yes. treat myself because I've made sure I've been treating myself because I was like, I've been broke for time. So I and that's like, what it is. We don't, and this is what I try to say to people, is that we don't need to live a life of poverty. Like once we understand the financial, and this is why I got Charmaine to come in and talk about the other financial, but also us to look at finances because we, it's our birthright. And we got to remember all the self the so-called healers of the past, the medicine women, they was the ones that did, that did the transactions. They yep. traded, they sold cloth, they sold chicken, they sold land, they worked on the land. Yep. And so we can't try to aim for Nirvana with, with very short hands and long pockets. <laughs> and with that I'm going to finish this we could go on forever but I'm going to have you back at some point we could go on forever because I just love the space that you're in and I think all the stuff you're doing it's all coming together now um, so Cheer Phoenix is that your Instagram? Indeed Cheer Phoenix C-H-I-A-P-H-O-E-N-I-X and the website is uh, www.cheersjourneywithin.com um, Okay, thank you so much. You have been such a joy and... Thanks, Mary. I'm so glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there you have it. That was an amazing share with Cheer Phoenix. To contact Cheer again, it's Cheer Phoenix um, from Instagram or her website, The Journey Within. And if you are triggered or anything comes up from our conversation, do make sure you connect with um, your local therapist or your doctor, or you can send me a message if you're in the UK and I can put you forward for some great counsellors and therapists if you want to take your business to the next level and really connect with your shadow and work with your soul, then contact me at mjfontaine.co.uk. If you're interested in Cheers um, Shadow Work calls, then contact her at Cheers Journey Within or 
via Instagram. See you next week. Um, let me know how you enjoyed this podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. So please review and comment and like, subscribe and share. Have a wonderful week.